Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Sonny Giuliano. My co-host, as always, for the evening and for the rest of the NFL season, Paul Clark. We are talking NFC West. This is our second of four NFC podcasts that we're recording tonight. Paulie, uh, not much suspense out West, but are you ready to dive in? Yeah, I'm ready. I mean... This was probably the easiest division to answer questions about. In the NFC, yes. I, I think the the, the, oh, the Patriots NFC. have the Patriots have the monopoly on that one. Yeah, yeah. Very true. Um all right, I, I guess the one big question uh is where we should start. Mine it it doesn't necessarily look at this year, but I'm looking into the future, and I wonder, is Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan going to become the coaching rivalry that carries football into the next decade? It's a very good question. They, Sean McVay had a great year, and Kyle Shanahan, once he got Garoppolo in that lineup, the 49ers were undefeated. So, very good question. Probably the two best play calling, I mean, definitely the two best play calling head coaches in the league. Um, and the fact that both of these two guys are younger than you um, is just crazy. How crazy is it that I'm closer to Sean McVay's age than you are? Uh, yeah, that's that's very crazy. It's nuts. Um and facial hair is just immaculate. His hair and facial hair combo is everything that I aspire to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everybody does. Every man should look at Sean McVay's hair and facial hair and think that <laughs> that's the bar. <laughs> it is impeccable. It, it is almost as good as his play calling. Um it feels like these two are modern-day innovators of, of offensive football. I think there's a chance that we'll look at these two the same way we look at someone like Bill Walsh 20 years from now. Just how they have incorporated every um, new offensive idea and, and scheme and just mastered it with these young quarterbacks, too, Garoppolo, in his first five or six starts, uh, McVay turning Jared Goff into a guy who was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, and it's not all of last year, at least for the second half of last year. 
I, I just think those two are excellent. And if those two stick around in Los Angeles and San Francisco long-term, which I don't see why they wouldn't, um, that's going to be a really fun rivalry uh, for professional football going into the 2020s. Yes, it is. Um, where did you go here for your one big question? Can the Seattle Seahawks muster up more than one rushing touchdown by a running back this year? <laughs> it's a good question. It, it, it's also unbelievable that, that that is where they were at last year. Um, a really goofy Seahawks season last year. I mean, Russell Wilson accounted for every touchdown but one last year. It's unbelievable. And we talked about that late in the year, how even though the Seahawks didn't make the playoffs, he should have been getting MVP buzz because there might not have been a quarterback who was actually more valuable to his team than Wilson was to the Seahawks last year. I mean, uh, stats prove that there wasn't. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true, considering that the Seahawks did have only one offensive touchdown that Wilson wasn't a part of. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, that that's a very it's a very good question. I mean they, they tried to they tried to address that. They drafted Rashad Penny. Um you know they 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 have a, a stable of running backs I'm not too inspired by by any of the names. Really, um, the guy currently number one on the depth chart that I'm seeing is Chris Carson. Yes, I don't know if if he should be a legitimate starting running back in the NFL. Um, so I don't know that that question might be up in the air. I, I, I'm not sure. I would certainly hope so, but I guess based on what we saw last year, there's no guarantees. Uh. Let's do best head coach. Uh, I went with I went with Sean McVay. I mean, I did, did too. What he did for the Rams last year, I mean, that was just an amazing turnaround. What he did for Jared Goff, uh, Todd Gurley, just an amazing season, and the Rams just out of nowhere to you know get a home playoff game, and uh, I just think he's going to get better and better. The Rams increased their scoring by 16 points per game from 2016 to 2017. That's amazing. It it, it really is amazing. Um, not only did McVay jump Pete Carroll last year for best head coach in the NFC West, I think he may have ruined Jeff Fisher's chances of ever getting a head coaching job ever again. Thank God. Yeah, I mean, he... Truly, they did a favor to whatever poorly ran team was going to to give Jeff Fisher yet another shot at coaching in the NFL. It might have been my Chicago Bears. Uh, I, there was I, a, thought, I thought I thought that's where I thought that's where he was going. <laughs> it really looked that way, like like early December last year when the rumors were were already out that John Fox was going to be gone. There, there was like a three-day window there where where Fisher was the the most mentioned candidate 
to fill that void. And I was really, really contemplating whether I wanted to, to do another three years of being a Bears fan. And I might have just opted out for those three years and waited for Fisher to get fired and then, like, re-upped in 2021. But I, I just can't see how he ever gets a job again after the way McVay turned that team around. Um, I, I think he's safely number one. And to be honest, I think that by the end of this year, we'll be ready to say that Kyle Shanahan's ahead of Pete Carroll, too. Yeah, I I, I have him there already. I, I, I think that's fair. Um, I mean, a lot of what what puts Carroll in that conversation is stuff that he did five, six years ago um, with that that perfectly built Seahawks team that won a Super Bowl, went to another. Um, they're always right there. But, I mean, since that roster started falling apart and, and guys in the Legion of Boom started leaving, I, I, I don't think he's there anymore. I really don't. No. Um, let's go to best offensive player. We We talked – a little bit about Russell Wilson was he your pick for best offensive player? Do you go somewhere else? I went to Todd Gurley. Uh, yeah, yeah, same here. I, I mean, Wilson had a great year. He's a great player, but Todd Gurley's just dynamic. Um, so he was he was my selection for best offensive player. Yeah, I, I went there too. He improved his total yardage by over 800 yards from. 2016 to 2017, um, and that that obviously has a lot to do with how McVay was using him. Um, but yeah, total yardage improved by over 800 yards. Total touchdowns up by 13. Um, he had 21 more catches. He he was fantastic. He finished second in MVP voting. Um, he was really good. And the crazy thing is. If it weren't for a David Johnson wrist injury that kept him out essentially all of last year, we might not even be talking about Gurley as the best running back in that division because two years ago, David Johnson had one of the best all-around running back seasons ever. Yeah, he did. 80 catches, 879 receiving yards, uh, 1,200 rushing yards, 20 total touchdowns. I mean – he quickly evolved into the total package and, and what you want out of a modern-day NFL running back. Yeah, he's definitely the total package. He's interesting to, going to be interesting to see how he comes back off that injury. He is, without a doubt, the most impressively built human being that I've ever come into contact with. Oh, you met him, didn't you? I did meet him. Super friendly, just a sculpture of a man. <laughs> it, it was unreal. Like, I, he walked into the store, and I was like, that has to be somebody. Um, did he tell you who he was? Well, here, here, was, the, here was the giveaway. He was wearing uh, Northern <laughs> Iowa. He was wearing a Northern Iowa shirt. 
and it was the day he got drafted. And he came in, and he was looking for Cardinals stuff. So I went over to the computer, and I Google searched who the Cardinals had drafted, and I saw third-round David Johnson running back Northern Iowa. So I went up to him, and I said, hey, congratulations on getting drafted. And that was that. Nice. Very friendly guy. Um, His body is the equivalent of Sean McVay's beard. (laughs) So if you had David Johnson's body with Sean McVay's beard and hair, would you be happy with that? You're you're ba- you're the perfect human being. <laughs> the, the, you, you have like you're at the very top tier of of hair and body at that point that I've ever seen. Just an immaculate human being. Um. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's go with the best defensive player. Where if we're talking immaculate human beings and immaculate football players, um, Aaron Donald, for me, was the very easy pick here for best yeah. defensive player in the NFC West. In the, uh, NFL. <laughs> in the, in, in the NFL. He, he's the best defensive player in the NFL. Um, he was the number one overall ranked player on pro football focus. He had a perfect pass rush grade. That's amazing. Amazing. Um, he had 91 total pressures, which led the entire league. He And the, the fact that he did that on the interior is just kind of unheard of. And he missed two games. He led the league in uh, pressures, and he missed two games. I mean, how – what kind of a year is Indomitian Sue going to have playing next to Aaron Donald? I, if, if that Rams defense could, like, coexist from a personality standpoint, the amount of talent that they have on that side of the ball is ridiculous. It's crazy. I mean, they're right there as far as talent goes with Jacksonville at this point. Oh, um, how it all works, it, I guess it remains to be seen, but the ceiling for that defense is very, very high. Um, the Rams just have to get Donald, uh, they have to get his contract situation figured out because they, they can't let this go on. Um, he is the best player in football, um, at least defensively. He is the best defensive player in football. Yeah. That was your pick? Yeah, Aaron Donald. Yeah, I went with him. <laughs> okay. Um you could go – you could mention a couple other guys for honorable mention. Uh, Bobby Wagner, Earl Thomas, still on the Seahawks. They're kind of the last remaining guys from that that golden era of Seahawks defense. Chandler Jones led the NFL in sacks. Um, this is a really interesting stat. And if we're trying to place Aaron Donald historically um, – you know, one of the names that you're going to bring up as far as best defensive lineman goes, Reggie White. Um, so Chandler Jones is one of 23 guys ever to have at least 60 sacks in their first six NFL seasons. 
Reggie White had 95 sacks in his first six years in the NFL. Wow. 15 ahead of the next closest guy. That's incredible. It's amazing. I, I mean, I miss all of the, the Reggie White prime years. Um, I, I, you hear stories about how good he was, but I did not realize that he was, like, that far ahead of the pack. He would just come with a club. And <laughs> it, it was incredible how he would just be able to knock tackles over. Like, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess that's the guy that Aaron Donald is chasing. Because um, he is that guy in the league now. Uh, best division newcomer. There are quite a a few guys that you could make a case for here. And it came down to me to two guys that are going to be playing with Aaron Donald on that defense, and it's Marcus Peters and Indama Kinsu. I mean, Marcus Peters is, I mean, a top five corner in the league. He's a shutdown guy. He just, you know, know, flies off the handle a little bit sometimes. And (laughs) if you're looking at Sue, I mean, (laughs) You line up and you got Aaron Donald at one D tackle and the Dominican Sue at the other. Like, how do you block that? Not sure. A lot of teams are going to have trouble figuring that out. Yeah, I mean, I just think Sue's going to have crazy a crazy year for the fact that he's never seen, you know, single, you know, just head up blocking. Right. Um, yeah, those are two very good choices. I had them both honorable mention. I actually went with a Ram, um, on the offensive side of the ball. I went with Brandon Cooks. Uh, he had a little bit of a disappointing season last year compared to what expectations were. Um, I think people thought he would go into New England and kind of be the type of outside threat that Brady hasn't had since Randy Moss, and he wasn't that. Um, But he was still really good uh, for the Patriots. He had 608 yards on deep passes last year. Those are 20 yards or more down the field. That was second best in the league. And Jared Goff's deep passer rating was actually higher than Tom Brady's last year. Yeah. I think that this duo could be really, really special. Um, Cooks has three straight years of at least a thousand receiving yards and seven touchdowns. I expect him to get that again this year fairly easily. Um, and I think he he occupies that that number one receiver role that a lot of people thought Sammy Watkins was going to be able to last year, and, and he never quite fit in. I think. I think Cooks is that guy for the Rams. Yeah, I mean, Rams got three good receivers with Cooks and Robert Woods and Cooper Cubs. I think uh, Goff has weapons of plenty in Los Angeles. And Todd Gurley coming out of the backfield. I mean, correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah, they're they're loaded um, on that side of the ball. Uh, it. I guess there are other directions you could go. It's just 
really hard not to just stick with the Rams in this division. That could have been the, the one big question is, are the Rams ready to make the leap? Right. Um, we uh, we move on to best rookie. Um, I, I, I went with Dante Pettis in this category. I think he's going to make some big plays for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I think he gives Jimmy Garoppolo a serious deep threat. And he's a extremely dangerous punt returner. And, I mean, last year in Washington, I think he set all kinds of records as far as kick returns for touchdowns. And I, I just think he's an electrifying player. Yeah, I really like both of their first two picks. Um, my pick was actually Mike McGlinchey. They're, they're starting right tackle this year. Um, he's going to – they'll be able to plug him in right away. But I like Pettis a lot, too. Um, he probably settles in as their their number well probably number three receiver to start the year this year. Um, but I, I imagine he'll be seeing the field quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Josh Rosen is the the only one of these quarterbacks in this rookie class that we haven't talked about at length. Um, we already talked about Mayfield and Lamar Jackson and, and Josh Allen and Sam Darnold. Um, where does Rosen fit into that mix for you? I mean, I like I like Rosen probably second best out of that group. I I like him I like him a little more than Mayfield, but not as much as Darnold. I, I think uh, I think he's go- I think he's going to be a solid starter in the NFL. I, I think. Bradford will play this year two games till he gets hurt, and then Rosen will come <laughs> Well, actually, going into hot seat watch, my hot seat watch was, um, is Sam Bradford going to be in the starting lineup and healthy long enough to be on the hot seat? Because <laughs> um, I'm not sure. There, There's no way to tell. Uh, I, I find it. I find it hard to believe that Rosen won't get a shot at some point this year, whether it's yeah. because Bradford gets injured or the season is out of reach to the point where the Cardinals could put him in and let him get some reps over the last month of the year mm-hmm. um, with, with nothing really to lose doing so. Um, but I'm with you. I, I think – I think he's probably the second or third best quarterback in that group. Um, It's really a shame that this is like, this is the quarterback situation in the last year for Larry Fitzgerald. I know. He he deserves better than that. Um, And the fact that he's getting Sam Bradford or rookie Josh Rosen at the very end, um, it's unfortunate. Yes. What, where were you at with the hot seat watch? I mean, I think it's got to be Pete Carroll. I mean, just yeah. all the things coming out of Seattle over the last couple of years. I mean, just a ton of, like, animosity, it seems like. Just, like, it seemed like such a happy place to play for like three or four or five years and over the last couple of years it seems not good like it just seems like it's 
like bad morale around there, and I don't know. Like, I think there's a lot of pressure on Pete Carroll this year. Yeah, it that run for the Seahawks ended really messy. Yes. Um. You know, I think it, it all started like with the with the play call in the Super Bowl. Like, I I was just gonna say that. I swear to God, I was gonna say I think the very peak of that Seahawks run was when they were up twenty four to fourteen, and it looked like they were going to win their second straight Super Bowl. And were you know now you could look at this team and they're they're a dynasty. You know, we we talked about it with the Eagles how rare it is that that teams win back to back Super Bowls. Um, and then that lead disappears, and they have the opportunity to go in for the winning touchdown late in that game. And I, I think you're right. I think that's where it all started falling apart. Yep. Yes, it did. So yeah, that, that that's a good pick. Um, I I don't know. Is that it for Carroll then, do you think? Or do you think he signs another pro job or does he go back to college? I mean, I mean he's getting he's getting up there in age. Yeah, I, I think that would probably be it. I mean, the guy does look like he's in great shape, but he's he's older. I mean, it's tough to hire a guy at that age, you know. He's, 60, he's going to be he's going to be 67 at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, that's tough. That's tough. Um, all that's left is division records. I guess it's me first. Uh, I have the Seahawks at the very bottom. I have them five and eleven. Um, I, I just don't like what that what they have on that roster. I, I think that at the very top there are some some really good players. They, like I said, they they still have. Earl Thomas, and maybe he is not on the team in October. Uh, but Bobby Wagner still there, Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin. But after that, they don't have the depth that they had five years ago. Um, they are Russell Wilson injury away from being the worst team in football. Yes, yes, they are. Um, so I have them five and eleven. I have the Cardinals at six and ten. I have the 49ers at 8 and 8 and I have the Los Angeles Rams at a league best 13 and 3. Well, I have Arizona at 5 and 11. Okay. I have Seattle next at 6 and 10. Then I have San Francisco in second at 8 and 8. Wow. And I have the Los Angeles Rams winning the division at twelve and four. So we were right there. It it feels like a pretty sure thing. There's some there's some Forty ers buzz, and I get why. Um, I just I think it's a little too early to to jump on them uh, that quickly and that aggressively. I think. I think in a year they could be there. I, I think I would not be surprised if a year from now we're we're looking at the Niners as a a possible sure thing playoff pick. 
Yeah, I mean, I just think the the potential the Rams have defensively is scary. Now, it could go the other way for the Rams with with some of them players on their defense, like Akeem Talib and Marcus Peters and Adamakin Sue aren't the three most stable guys I've ever seen. So, right. you know, things could go south, but if they don't, if they go the other way, that defense is going to be very good. I agree. That's why I have them 13 and 3. I'm looking at it um, from an optimist point of view. That uh, that wraps up the NFC West. We have two divisions left to preview tonight. NFC South, NFC North. Um, if you're listening on Let's see the date. Wednesday, August 29th, that's when both of these podcasts will be posted, the NFC East and West. Be sure to check out Hardwood and Hollywood tomorrow for NFC South and NFC North. Make sure you listen to our AFC podcast for sure. And um, on Twitter, give us a follow at, at Jumbo Package NFL on Twitter. Paulie. The last word is yours. Get yourself some jumbo shrimp and listen to the jumbo package. <laughs> Till next time, he's Sonny. I'm Paulie. We're out. Jumbo shrimp. All right. <laughs>